Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad you, I bet you're glad that I didn't read the whole text. It all went all the way to 53 this morning. However, I'm going to repeat this section that reads, and he took away the, or they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but I said this in the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus hears the request of the sisters. Lazarus is ill. Jesus waits two more days and Lazarus dies. Jesus goes. Lazarus is dead for four days when Jesus arrived. And we hear from both Martha and from Mary, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Maybe you also are wondering what God is doing in your life especially when things don't work out and you have prayed earnestly, Jesus, you could have fixed this. God's word appointed for today is bearing, bears on what we experience. We will hear Jesus' answers and apply them to our circumstances even when we pray, Lord, you could have fixed this. Jesus really can fix this. Jesus assured his disciples that Lazarus' illness will not result in death. And yet, Lazarus dies. The way Jesus handles the situation seems so loveless, doesn't it? Jesus had healed many other people. People around Mary and Martha even recognized this when they said, but some of them said, could not, have he could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Jesus had also gone ahead and changed the water into wine. He had gone ahead and caused the cure of the official's son. He had healed the paralytic. He had fed 5,000. He walked on water and even healed a man, as we heard last Sunday, who had been born blind. These are the six miracles that John has selected for us to think about in his gospel. What people thought that day certainly could also come from our own mouths. Certainly, Jesus could have healed Lazarus. Mary and Martha, in a way, say, Lord, you could have fixed this. Was Jesus so loveless to let this happen to Lazarus? Why was Jesus such a disappointment to these two sisters? Their dead brother was so committed to Jesus as well as Mary and Martha, and now this is the way he treats them? When we ask God, when we beg God, when we demand God to help us or a loved one, yes, Jesus may seem so loveless when we don't see the help. John, the gospel writer, makes sure that we know about Jesus' love towards them 
For the messengers to Jesus, we hear, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now, the word here for love is like to love like a brother. But John will not let us simply accept Mary and Martha's recognition of this brotherly love towards Lazarus. No, John comments on Jesus that he loved Martha, his sister, as well. Jesus loves all three of them. But this is not an ordinary friendship. To love like brothers, like family, the word for love here is that sacrificial, unconditional word for love. This love is wholehearted, steadfast love. And yet, it doesn't look like love. Jesus is slow in doing anything. He waits two more days and then there are two days before they get there. Does he not understand how permanent death is? Jesus, you could have fixed this. There are two groups that day. Those who believe that Jesus could fix this and those who question it and don't believe it. The first group includes, of course, Mary and Martha. They believe that Jesus could heal Lazarus and that's why he goes ahead and that's why they go ahead and send for Jesus. And one might assume that this was true of Lazarus as well, who may even requested Jesus to come when he was ill. Yet, we are simply told of Martha revealing her faith. The second group doubts, even resists who Jesus is. We start to hear it in their questioning. Could he who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Later, some of them go to the Pharisees, and if we would read some more, we would hear the disbelieving response. What are we to do? For if the man performs many signs, and they have all the evidence that Jesus can fix this, he can fix what's wrong, but they won't believe who he is. They refuse to believe all the evidence that Jesus could fix this. We find their resistance then is motivated by fear when they say, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Yeah, you know what? They see the bigger picture. Jesus can fix this, but they see themselves on the outside excluded. Jesus could fix this, but the Pharisees don't want Jesus. Jesus could fix this. They want a God without Jesus. And you begin to see what their false God is, their position, and their nation. Oh, they had fought so hard for that. As you look over the history of the Jews and how things happened in their country, who will they trust to fix the Jesus problem? They will. They will act in the place of God. They will decide who dies and who will live. 
they believe that they should live and Jesus should die so that they can keep what they have. Therefore, verse 53 reads, from that day on they made plans to put him to death. And Jesus will fix this. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind not kept this man from dying? Yes. And that's what they see as the problem. Jesus, because of what he does and who he is, has to die on their behalf. That's why they want to do to fix things how right and how wrong they are. They exclude themselves from believing in Jesus to keep what they have, and in doing so, they will lose everything. Putting Jesus to death. But by putting Jesus to death, those who believe in him will have everything. Everything in eternity. Jesus goes ahead and uses these sacraments, these circumstances to teach us that he is the one who ultimately fixes what is really wrong. Jesus could, can, and will fix whatever is wrong in our lives today. When Jesus arrives, he will fix all things. We may wonder, but why does he wait so long to answer prayer, to remove the abusers, the murderers, the cure for why doesn't he cure cancer and remove the diseases and natural disasters so that so many people won't have to die, so that infants won't have to die, so there wouldn't be any miscarriages and so many abortions? Look again at Jesus' response toward the action, toward the sickness and the death of Lazarus. John, the gospel writer, reveals how Jesus gently helps those who believe in him. He says, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that, he, that I was not there, so that you may believe. And then as Jesus is praying, before Lazarus' tomb, he said, I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. That is the purpose of all the trials that we even go through in our life. As Christians, we believe in Jesus. Mary and Martha believed in Jesus. Why go through all of this? Second Peter chapter 3 says it this way. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wanting any to perish, but that all should reach repentance. Not everyone believes. Do all of your friends, do all of your family believe in Jesus? You know. And even when believing Christians struggle to believe God's promises, God's work and will, we struggle when life is so hard waiting for a positive answer to prayer, Jesus, you could have fixed this. And yet God promises to answer. 
We are assured of the answer He gives in His very Word, that He will answer what we pray in Jesus' name. When God's purpose for anyone, what is God's purpose for anyone to go through this? Jesus revealed the answer for His disciples when He heard of Lazarus' illness. This illness will not lead to death, for it is for the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified in it. Jesus affirms the faith of Martha, of Mary, and all who believe. But Jesus is bigger than just the last day. You remember how Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. But Jesus is bigger than water, changing water into the wine. He's bigger than curing the official son. He's bigging, bigger than healing the paralyzed people. He's bigger than feeding 5,000. He's bigger than walking on water and even causing blind people to see. Jesus can not only do these things, but Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus didn't just say that he's, this is only true at creation and at the end of the world but I am. It doesn't matter when, but who Jesus is. As Jesus teaches Martha, he teaches what it means that this illness will not lead to death. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. For the believer in Jesus, death is not a permanent thing. Death is as if our physical body is sleeping, sleeping so long that it is deprived of food, of water, and breath, deteriorates to a bad odor, lays in the dust, but Jesus is always the resurrection. Jesus can fix this, not just for eternity, but in our Lenten lives. As Christians, we live the resurrection today by faith and that is what our baptism means today by the word we believe we have faith that we are dead to sin and alive in christ jesus yes jesus you could fix this and for some that is happening whether they believe it or not people recover from illnesses get another job have another child while the rest of us wait, lose a loved one, a child, a grandchild, and we are sick, get sick and even die. But as believers in Jesus, we know what is happening is not permanent. Jesus could not only fix this, but for us who believe in him, he will, will because of who he is, the resurrection and the life. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.